1: Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing esports investments. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal or financial advice, so all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Philip Collins. Philip is an associate at Convoy Ventures. Convoy Ventures is a venture capital firm that invests in platforms and technologies at the frontier of gaming. Prior to that, he was an investment banking analyst at William Blair in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here talking to you. My pleasure. So tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and how did you get involved in the esports business?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I've, I've really been gaming my entire life, like most people that work in the, the gaming and esports world. Um, it, for me, it really started back in early 2000s. So games like Jack and Dexter, 007 titles back on the PS2. Um, I think my, uh, my real gaming time began when I got into Call of Duty, like many people um, that are, are around my age. And I think that's really where the, the interest turned into a passion for me. I've always been a really competitive person, and it was always a great outlet to compete with friends on who was leveling up the fastest and holding the highest KD. Um, it was also, you know, Call of Duty was where I was was first exposed to esports, which I think is a big reason that I've stayed so passionate about gaming and am now working in the world. Um, I, I, interestingly, I I one day stumbled on a on a nade shot video right before Optic was was traveling to London to to participate in Gfinity during Black Ops Two, and I think that was kind of the turning point for me that that got me just head on right into gaming and esports. And again, I think a big reason that I that I've ended up where I am right now um, over the course of my life, continued getting into more competitive titles like Counter-Strike, Valorant, League of Legends. And while I'm not particularly good at any of them, um, but they've all been a really big part of my gaming experience. And, you know, in terms of moving into gaming as a career, Uh, as you mentioned, I started my career at an investment bank working in M&A. And after that experience, I promised myself I'd really go do something that I wanted to do. Um, I think banking for me was really a a training program. You work really hard, you learn a lot, you work with a lot of interesting people. And so after that time, the obvious next move for me was was something in gaming. And when I, I met the Convoy team, I immediately knew it was the right choice. It was a perfect mix of my personal desire to work in the gaming industry and really aligned with my existing experience where I was facilitating the purchase and sale of companies. And the the natural progression from that is to go to the buy side, whether that's private equity, venture capital or hedge fund or something of that nature. So kind of kind of fell in perfectly at Convoy and haven't looked back since.
1: Amazing. So that kind of brings us towards our next question. So, what is a venture capital firm, and what's kind of difference between that and some of the other financial vehicles that you've kind of just mentioned?
2: Yeah. So at its core, a VC firm provides capital to startup founders. I think that's like the most standard definition I could give for it. Um, And when you compare it to other categories like like private equity, it's basically a derivative of private equity. uh, As what we're doing is basically purchasing equity of private companies. The private companies just happen to be startups, which means there's a very different strategic approach to how we think about investments versus how a more traditional private equity business thinks about investing. And I think some of those key differences are, are really around risk. I mean, we're, we're optimizing for growth. We're dealing with early stage companies and private equity is typically doing more buyouts, larger scale, maybe more concentrated uh, investments. And along with being larger, they have a little bit more of a focus on what I would call financial engineering, where you're dealing with cash flows and EBITDA and and revenue figures. And so your investment decisions are more rooted on historical performance, where what we do is really looking into the future, looking around corners, and looking for founders that are doing things that no one else is doing. Um, And I think that's really what defines venture capital, um, is that, that seeing around corners and kind of entering into a world that we don't know yet but that we think is a logical version of of what the future should be. Um so that that's that's the the high level of how I kind of define venture capital and the
1: the overall approach. So what's a hedge fund, you know where does that kind of fit into this?
2: Yeah, I mean hedge funds can be a lot of different things. I mean, they typically that they're more notorious for being in the public equity markets, where they're either doing a long only, a buy only strategy, or a long short strategy, um, where they're they're simultaneously betting on future upside and downside of certain companies. Um, so it's very different than what we do. Um, so, but they, they they in the gaming space, for example, I, I would see a hedge fund working more with the public equities of the largest companies um, and trying to to beat out the the general market, whereas what we do is really try to look for the up and coming companies that most people probably haven't heard of yet, and help them launch and and get going on a on a path to success.
1: Absolutely. So I guess the biggest thing, you know, kind of for the esports world is the fact that a lot of these teams and companies that are in it don't really have this long track record, and that's something where you have to kind of almost speculate on what they're doing, what their kind of their vision is going forward, as opposed to you know, a long term, like they've been doing this for five, 10 years. This is where they, you know, it's a lot more of a proven model than maybe, you know, the esports ecosystem is.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what's fun about being in gaming venture capital is a lot of the most interesting stuff in gaming is really at the early stage and at the cutting edge. And of course there are, you know, large public companies, whether that's a publisher or whatever else exists out there in the gaming world. We are seeing so much innovation in gaming as a relatively young industry. Um, and so it's really fun to be be seeing that firsthand.
1: Amazing. So tell us about Convoy Ventures, you know, what do they do and what are some of the properties in their portfolio and some of their, you know, work in the esports and gaming space?
2: Yeah. So Convoy, we're an early stage gaming VC fund and we are exclusively focused on gaming and more particularly the platform infrastructure and technology within the gaming world um, and this basically means that we look at everything that isn't a pure game studio. So we, we don't tend to focus on individual pieces of IP or individual studios creating titles. We like to focus on what we call the picks and shovels of this space. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because gaming games have been around video games have been around effectively for you know 60 years or so. And in that time, we've transitioned from minimalistic digital interfaces to these hyper-realistic immersive environments um, that can be simultaneously experienced by players across the globe. And I think we we sit at the the underpinnings of the technology that makes that progress possible for the next generation of video games. Um, and you know, in terms of of who we are, we're all passionate gamers. I think that's a really important part of of being in the gaming ecosystem. And it's really fun because so many people in the gaming ecosystem are so passionate about gamers because they love games themselves. Um, and you know, since the fund started uh, about five years ago, we've done more than 35 investments across two funds. We actually just announced our third fund that we'll be deploying out of over the coming years. Um, and yeah, we're excited to to continue adding to the portfolio, but are also really proud of the companies that we've supported to date. Um, and we we really have reached across the entire gaming industry so far. So um, that, that's kind of who we are so far. And you know, looking forward, we believe that gaming and interactive media is is really the future of how people spend their time, and that's
1: what we're trying to to optimize for and and continue to grow. Interesting. So, what are some of these you know technologies? So give us an example of some of the stuff that we might not see but are crucial to you know the next level synergies that we're looking at.
2: yeah. so I think like a great example of that is something like an an edge gap um, and edge gaps one of our investments back from from twenty nineteen and they they basically help game studios uh, mitigate lag and improve player experience with edge computing. So it's almost like bringing the server closer to players. So anytime you get mad about lag or latency in a competitive FPS, Edge Gap is trying to to solve for that by improving the gaming experience. And so that's one of those examples of of pure tech that you might not see, but is really important to how players play their games. Um, another example of that would be something like Solston, which actually isn't really directly part of the user experience, but it's a tool that helps game studios better understand their players. And so it, even though it's not necessarily part of, you know, your gameplay, it is helping studios tailor their creations to players, target them in the correct ways, and really optimize the experience for gamers and for game studios. So the the, the list goes on and on of all the infrastructure that underpins gaming. And, Ultimately, one of the things that's really excited from an investment standpoint is the fact that gaming is a great entryway for a lot of technologies that will eventually go far beyond gaming. And so a lot of our most successful portfolio companies could very well eventually use gaming as a launch pad into other industries and continue innovating other spaces as well. Um, but again, as passionate gamers, we, we really initially focus on the gaming use cases and applications.
1: So, it would be something like a technology that like helps do a metaverse experience or you know one of the in game concerts in fortnite
2: yeah, no there's a there's a lot of of underpinning tech that that makes all of that possible that isn't necessarily owned by epic games right using the fortnite example, and th- that's a great example of something that is really helping develop a novel experience for players, and that one's more tangible, and some of our investments are more obvious to players. So if you think of something like a GameFam, which is the largest publisher in the Roblox ecosystem, that is very apparent to players. Um, but there's also a lot of really cool um, technologies that are, that are enabling other really smart people to build on top of them to, again, improve that player
1: experience. A hundred percent. And we even see some esports teams kind of diversifying their portfolios, buying, you know, analytics companies and back end mm-hmm. software and all this automated stuff to, you know, provide data and to kind of just do their job better. For sure. Absolutely. So we know that Convoy just announced a hundred fifty million dollar investment fund. So tell us about this, you know, what's it gonna be used for and how does it all work? Yeah, for sure. So The 150 million
2: dollar fund, strategically, is going to be very similar to what we've done in the past. There's honestly no real thesis change. We're staying very committed to infrastructure and tech within gaming. We've been really excited about everything we've seen in the past, and are are seeing just an increased number of incredible founders moving into this world and continuing to improve the the player experience in a a variety of ways. So, from our standpoint, it really is more of the same. I think the new the new fund enables us to write slightly larger checks and honestly just continue investing in founders in this space over the coming years. But from a strategic standpoint, um, no no big change for us.
1: So how does kind of the funding process work? Do you approach projects that maybe you like and research or do they come and pitch you?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a mix of both. Um, a lot of times we do see inbound interest from founders that are looking for funding despite how big the gaming industry is, right, you think of the gaming industry as this $100 billion world, Um, there, there really is a relatively small number of dedicated players providing early stage capital to gaming founders. And that doesn't mean that there aren't generalist funds out there that are also providing support. But for such a large industry, there are a handful of dedicated sources of capital for the gaming industry.
1: So you're on everyone's pitch list is what it sounds like. Yeah,
2: so like because of that, we are fortunate to see a lot of founders come to us because gaming is all we do. Um, That's what we know best and that's where our networks are and that's where our expertise is. And so there are a lot of people that come inbound to us and that's really exciting because you'll often find ideas that we've never thought of. Um, that's that's very very frequently what happens, and so even though sometimes we do go outbound and go out to founders that are maybe addressing themes that we're really excited about, it is really it is really fun that a lot of our a lot of our interest comes inbound, um, and it helps us see new things that that we never even would have considered. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a bit of a, a mixed bag in terms of how deals come in to us. And, uh, you know, from there, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a fun diligence process where everything that we're doing is impacting the gaming industry. So as gamers ourselves, we kind of have a sense for what the, the commercial opportunity could be today and what we think that might be in the future. And so whether that's like testing products or just working with founders to better understand their vision, um, once we meet. A founder. That's really what the the rest of the process looks like before getting to kind of the final deal term discussion. Um, that that's that's basically a, a venture funding round.
1: Amazing. So I know that the fund seems very bullish on the metaverse and play to earning and blockchain and you know crypto gaming. So tell us a little about that. And, you know any investments in the area and why?
2: Yeah, I think metaverse is is really interesting because we still don't exactly know what it's going to be yet. I think we we see a lot of definitions and a lot of theories
1: about Right, I'm reading Matthew Ball's book on it.
2: Yeah, I've heard I've heard great things about the book. I haven't picked it up myself, but I mean Matthew has incredible thoughts and insights on what the future does look like, and I think it's a great example of how the the de- the, the definition isn't necessarily agreed upon, but there are a lot of really smart people that are trying to formulate it and come to a maybe even like a more academic consensus on what it should be moving forward. Um and I, but I think for for us, at the end of the day, what we fundamentally believe is that there will be a growing amount of time spent in digital worlds and digital spaces, and so whether that's this consolidated metaverse or you know a a metaverse composed of multiple meta worlds, um, it, it's it's unclear how that's going to play out, right? Because there's obviously a technological challenge of of interoperability across all these worlds, but there's also just a more corporate and human challenge of you know, not wanting to give up your competitive edge uh, in in the digital in the digital realm. So a lot of our investments are maybe what you could consider as facilitating the 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 next generation of of what the metaverse means. But I think internally, we we tend to not use the word too much yet. Um, I think just to for the sake of clarity on our end and understanding what the actual goals of the companies that we work with are. But again, going back to to digital space, that's really where we focus our time um, rather than, than thinking about it in any other specific framework like, like a metaverse. Um on the on the play-to-earn front, I think a lot of the times we tend to think about this from the the blockchain gaming standpoint. And in, in our perspective, play to earn is really a subset of what blockchain gaming is. Um, and we think that it's basically one piece of a much bigger puzzle. And we've been fortunate to have a front row seat of play to earn and blockchain gaming blowing up through our investment in Sky Mavis, which created Axie Infinity. Uh, we invested early last year, and really we're along there. Were, we're along for the ride with them of blockchain gaming blowing up and getting so much hype and attention. And it enabled us to to start seeing and and theorizing on what that future looks like. I think I'd view my own um my own take on blockchain gaming as very cautiously optimistic right now. I think there's a lot of things to be really excited about and we've definitely Shown that bullishness through some of our investments, whether that be Cipher, Genopets, Sky Mavis itself, or some of the other the other blockchain investments we've made to date. Um, but we also know that there's a lot of work to do in proving its value to the general population, where blockchain and gaming is still very, very controversial. And for a lot of reasons, it makes sense, right? I mean, the last year there's there's been. Uh, there's been some warranted controversy and and that's okay it's 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 a young space that's still that's still working itself out but um but we're definitely excited about what we think blockchain can bring to gaming over time even if v1 or v0 that we're in right now isn't um this magical evolution of the of the gaming industry so yeah, without
1: kind of touching on the negatives, because, you know, we like to think of the positive, what benefits do, you know, NFTs and crypto and blockchain and, you know, all of these new advances that we're mentioning kind of bring to the esports and video game space?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of gaming more more generally, the one of the biggest benefits we've seen so far is true digital asset ownership. And I know that gets a lot of pushback because... We've seen this in certain ways where the, the Counter-Strike skin market essentially enabled somebody to own their asset because they could buy, sell, and trade it. Um, but blockchain takes that a little bit further, give, gives users a bit more access and custody of those assets in a way that a closed loop, a closed loop ecosystem just fundamentally can't. Um, And in addition to the ownership question, we've seen a lot of things like community-driven development, where owning tokens or NFTs gives you certain access to either vote on certain issues or communicate your thoughts in a certain way to the development team and really make sure that your position is being heard and the community is a part of an iterative development process. Other than that, there's a ton of other things that, that we hear discussed on a daily basis and that we think will continue to gain uh, more prominence, whether that's new structures of rewarding creators with games. I think user-generated content, whether that be iterating on existing first-party IP or you know entirely user-generated worlds, um, UGC has become a more, a more popular issue over the last several years and I think that blockchain has more structured approaches to reward those creators we've seen things like verifiable achievement where you can you can guarantee that this account completed something at this time and, and get very granular about what happened in the game world um, and also the the interoperability of cross-platform identities and achievements is another one and that goes back to the issue of technological challenges versus, business challenges and so interoperability i do think will be heavily determined by companies and developers willingness to share um which is is a big if but it does facilitate that in a a very seamless way so there's a number of benefits and i think in the end in gaming we'll really need to see blockchain improving the game experience so the in-game the playtime will be impacted by the underlying technology of blockchain rather than just focusing on things like ownership, because like I mentioned, I know that has been done in certain ways in the past. And so to get people to really buy in, you're going to have to show genuine novelty and new user experiences that aren't possible without it. Otherwise, I think people will just default to our standard ways of the past. On the esports side, it's a little bit, it's been really cool to see so many esports organizations adopt this whether that's something like Liquid Plus's membership was, was so perfectly set up to be something like an NFT of just verifiable membership. Um, there's all kinds of NFT strategies we've seen around proving your fandom and, and your allegiance to a certain, or, certain organization or feeling like you really do own part of the brand. Um, and really, it's been cool to see just so many orgs innovate and try out different things and i think most major orgs will will be unveiling more and more about their blockchain strategy moving forward and that's that's the side i've spent a little bit less time personally but have been have been excited to see how they do it just as a as an
1: esports fan myself so where do you think that you know all this is going to go from here
2: yeah, I think blockchain and gaming will continue to be, become a more important part of both gaming and esports. Um, I think from from a gaming perspective, it really is going to, again, come down to impacting the way that games are played and creating novel experiences versus just being an iteration of ways that people have experienced gaming and gaming features of the past. Um, and, and so that that's really the the core of where I see blockchain going down the road. And we're seeing a ton of really creative teams iterating on this in in interesting ways. And whether they're early in the ideation phase or early in the development phase, there's just a lot of stuff to be excited about. But we're going to continue to see this happening over the course of, of years, not necessarily months. And overall, I do think adoption will increase. But even as adoption of blockchain increases, I think something that will happen that's really interesting over time is changing the narrative around Web3 gaming or blockchain gaming, I think those titles will eventually fade and, and kind of f- fall out of favor and not really be relevant anymore. There are so many underlying technologies behind video games and video gaming tech that really fades into the background from the user perspective. So while we talk a lot about a blockchain game, that title will eventually fade because I think blockchain will really be a tool that's important and, and kind of fundamental to the way games are developed into the back end. But I think it will fall into the back end from this very forward facing in your face layer of video games. And that'll take a while to happen. But in the end, I, I kind of view that as blockchain's role within gaming. It is an imp- interesting and important piece of tech that can be leveraged for new experiences but it doesn't necessarily need to be highlighted um, in the face of the consumer. and I think that that part of part of that transition will be making making blockchain ex- user experience more seamless. It's definitely difficult today. You know people don't have to remember their sixteen word seed phrases. Um, they just want they just want to plug into their their game. they want to log in and they want to play, and make transactions, do whatever they do in game. And so rather than being a hurdle, it should facilitate just an easier UX than, than what's currently available and really fade into that, fade into the back end of, of developers versus
1: consumers. Amazing. So it'll definitely be exciting to see how it all kind of evolves over time. And I kind of heard about it and hearing about these people in foreign countries making, you know, living wages by doing all this. It really excited me to you know potentially have this as a possibility going forward.
2: For sure, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of room for it to grow, but um where it's exciting to see the the early days of this this space evolve.
1: So, what's your favorite part about working in the esports and gaming world?
2: Honestly, I do think it's been the the people. Uh, going back to my initial point around everyone in gaming loving the gaming industry, I think that's been really a fun part about working in this world. Is founders that create gaming companies absolutely love gaming other people that are investing in gaming absolutely love gaming and everyone really just has the industry's best interest in mind because even even in a controversial subject like web3 gaming everyone is basically trying to create a better user experience and that is regardless of who is right in the end i do think the intention is that and I know when I when I talk about Web three gaming, that's really my intention. And so, just the the passion for the industry is is really uh, tangible in in gaming. So, it's definitely a space that's been fun to enter into, and you know I'm, I'm excited to to continue seeing it grow. I mean, what's happened in the last fifty years? What's happened in the last decade? You know, who knows where we're going to be in one decade? But it'll be it'll be fun to be a part of that that transition
1: right it's definitely exciting to see kind of you know where the future and that kind of leads to kind of the end of this so what's the future for convoy ventures you know where do you kind of see them going from here
2: for us i think we'll continue building out this our own team and and really trying to expand the resources that we have available to to distribute to uh, incredible gaming founders i think that's always been what convoy is about and that's what we'll continue to be about i think a lot of times, it's funny because it almost feels easy to take advantage or for granted the the progress that's happened in gaming over the last several decades, um, because it, it's almost happened not necessarily in giant leaps and bounds all the time, but it's been very iterative. You know, graphics have improved over the course of decades. Um, the the scale and the scope of games and the number of players that can be in a server has has, has gradually increased over over years, and so you know, there's not always these giant leaps and bounds improvements in the industry. And so it's easy to just get caught up in what's happening at this particular moment. And I think we're just really looking forward to being part of continuing to see around corners and help facilitate the next wave of technology that creates those new experiences where 10 years from now, I hope we all look back and think, wow, look where we got to versus look where we were back in 2022. And I'm excited for us to be a part of investing in the technologies that that make that progress possible. But overall I think we'll we'll keep doing more of the same and investing in incredible founders.
1: Does that kind of involve AR and VR what's kind of, you know, the idea and kind of the future of esports, you know, kind of that whole world?
2: Yeah, e- esports is an interesting is an interesting case where we've truly seen a lot of these top organizations turn into their own full-on businesses that, in some cases, can can rival the engagement and the the fandoms of what we think of as quote unquote real or traditional sports. I, I don't I don't know like from from an esports business model. I think we'll see esports organizations continue to try to find ways to get financial returns for the value they're providing to game ecosystems. Um, where you know, optic gaming. Provides a ton of value to Call of Duty, and the Call of Duty League is able to extract a lot of value from them. And I think we'll we'll be we'll be curious to just see how these organizations are able to to value themselves and continue to get paid and compensated for the engagement that they provide to the games. Um, and yeah, who knows? Maybe the future of esports will be. AR VR related. That's not really a future that I can see today. Um, but, you know, the medium of how games are played competitively could absolutely change over the next decade or two. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm looking more into the the business model side. But I do think there are a lot of fundamental ways in which esports could change just from the way the games are played, uh, and the types of games that, that engage audiences over over long periods of
1: time absolutely so i try to end each episode with my three questions so you know what's your favorite game to watch
2: right now i'd have to go with valorant i love how chaotic it is but also how how tactful it is um it's been it's been really cool to see riot enter the fps scene so that's uh that's that's gotta be my favorite right now
1: what about your favorite game to play
2: Oh, right now, probably Warzone, just because it's uh, the game that I can get on with all my friends. Uh, that's that's really the driver. Otherwise, I would probably say um, League of Legends, just because I'm so bad at it, that the only direction to go is up. And so it's fun to, to try to improve each time I play.
1: Hmm. So who's your favorite video game character?
2: Oh, uh, let's see. Favorite video game character. I'd probably have to go back to jack the da- jack and dexter days um those are those are the the guys that got me into into gaming so those those will forever be my favorite
1: awesome so you know thanks so much for joining us this was extremely insightful So somebody where they can connect with you and check out what convoy is working on
2: yeah, for sure. So I'm at Philip with one L, uh, M Collins on on most social media. So Twitter, Telegram, if you use that, if you're in the, the Web3 world, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Haven't historically been a, a massive social media person, but this industry has definitely gotten me more engaged just because there's so many cool people to meet. So um, that's where you can find me and always happy to, to connect with anyone and, and talk about what's happening in the gaming world.
1: Awesome. So thanks, everybody, again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q, and follow Apple Podcasts for all our past and current episodes. Thanks and have a good one.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality